0: People are so worried about their branding, their logo, their website, their professional headshots. But your branding starts with how you behave, how you act in the inbox, and with your current clients. Let's dig in. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. But first, this episode is sponsored by my very own Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. And that's because our self study program is now open. If you are one of the ones who've been DMing me, I cannot wait for October. I'm ready to go now. You're eager, you're motivated, you do well in a self paced environment because you follow through. The self study program is right for you. You can start learning digital marketing services and workflows right now. And you don't have to wait. You can enroll now. The link is in the show notes. This self-study program is heavily discounted and it is meant for those of you who want to start making money ASAP. I'll see you inside the program. And if you decide you need to do the live program, you want more accountability, you want to partake in live calls and office hours, the live cohort is starting in October. You can get on the wait list with the link inside the show notes or go to udmaschool.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. If you're new to me, hello, hello. I am a mom of four, military spouse. I've been doing this whole freelance marketer thing since 2009. I actually do the bleepin' work. I am working on a copywriting project right now, a quiz funnel for a client. I still do the work. I've pulled out of the retainer work because it was hard to create a course and a membership and still do the retainer. But for the longest time, as of August of last year, I was doing all of the retainer work. Oh my gosh, I lie. I have one Pinterest client left. Have I told you that? I got my old Pinterest client back. So I do have one client still. I one point, I had like 12 Pinterest clients. I, now I have one. One of my favorite clients of all time. I think you've heard me talk about Tracy Bellion. She's a whimsical furniture artist. It just makes me happy. I do her Pinterest pins. I help with the SEO. I've done some SEO audits and content strategy with her, but she's officially my last retainer client, so I guess I I can walk all of that back. I'm so stinking proud that I still do the work because left and right I'm seeing new VA coaches who just started their business last year and now suddenly they're coaching and I just want to see the receipts, guys. I just want you to know that there's a lot going on that you don't know and I'm glad you've tuned into this podcast because I want to help fill you in. My whole point is I have been around the block. I have worked with over 100 clients. I stopped counting, so I always say 101+. plus. I've been inside a lot of businesses, and the reason I've gotten so good at this work is I've played with a lot of tech stacks, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've learned a lot of lessons. With each client comes some boundary lesson, some deeper lesson, and I think that's really why we love this entrepreneurial journey. So much personal growth has happened. In fact, it sometimes puts you on a whole new playing field where people don't understand anymore. It's hard to be around regular people once you start your own business, once you get a taste of making money, once you start to get this deep confidence inside yourself and you just love what you do, you start lighting up from the job satisfaction, from the difference you're making, it's hard to go to the mom's group and just talk about school schedules and nap schedules. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I do like to talk about my hair and what I should do with my hair with my friends, don't get me wrong, but it's a whole new playing field. I love being a freelancer. I love having my own thing and I love Having my kids see me going after my dreams and I love paying for stuff. I love paying for life's extras right now. Sometimes I feel a little bit uneasy talking about money with you because I have been in such a weird situation doing some client work, creating a course, that's low profit, like that takes some time to get going, not necessarily doing all the retainer work that I used to do. I let go of two clients last summer, lost $6,000 a month, and that was terrifying. But it's worth it because you're here, you're listening. We have a very successful Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistance School. I went all in with that. We had a six-figure launch. We had 65 students in our last session learn the marketing foundations, the services, how to set up their business, and then move over to our digital marketers work group where they could continue learning, have the incubation period to start and grow their businesses, take on their first clients, and have the extra support. Yeah, I'm tooting my own horn here because it sometimes feels uncomfortable talking about the money aspect when I'm not doing as much of the work. But I've done a lot of the work and I've been in this conversation with some messaging experts. Do I lean more into the money? Isn't that what sells on TikTok? Everybody loves a VA coach who's telling everyone they can charge $75 an hour as an admin VA with no specific skills. But you know what? No, no, I'm not going to do that. I think the beauty that comes with an established freelancer is somebody who has made the mistakes, broken the boundaries, learned things the hard ways. And I'm not just talking about tech dealing with GoDaddy troubleshooting a website gone down or why the WooCommerce plugin shot your website, not talking about having to delete a Facebook post or whatever. I just mean what happens with the clients and the boundaries thing. And this is the beautiful thing about the work group I've created, this community where we can all get together, share our experiences, sometimes have event session, have a proud place to boost about what we're doing because our regular friends and family, they don't get it. We're on this whole new Plane of consciousness that other people just don't understand when you own a business. And it doesn't mean that we don't know how to take a break. We know how to not talk about ourselves, but it's so nice to be around people who get it. So if you're nodding your head and you're like, yes, 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 this is me, and you haven't applied for the digital marketers work group, you want community, you want a solid brain trust who will speed up your learning and give you the encouragement and insight you want, please apply for the work group. We're going to have another enrollment session in June sometime around the time my kids get out of school. I don't know the exact dates, but all I know is that you get your applications in now and we'll send you an email and let you know when that enrollment is happening. This whole world can be very unstable for somebody who's a people pleaser, who overextends themselves, who can't take criticism and will collapse quickly. This freelancer thing is not for everyone. Some people are just meant to be employees and that's okay. It's also okay to get better with time and improve. You make a mistake you tighten up your contract, you get back out there, and you call it out. You keep going. You keep hustling. This is grit. This is what you need to be successful. All of these client situations, they're always going to be different, but then you're going to start to tighten up, get stronger. You're going to be able to stand up for yourself. You're going to be able to stand in your confidence and your power, and that's the goal. That's when you get to the place where you're charging premium rates. It takes a while to get there. And the way to speed it up is being around people doing the work and learning from them and not making their same mistakes. So today, I want to talk about a mistake that is driving me bananas. You know, I've talked about a lot of things on this podcast, so many good episodes if I toot my own horn again. There's an episode about being indispensable, how you go above and beyond. There's an episode about not ghosting and not taking it personal. There's an episode about kickoff calls. We've got all of that. But one thing I want to talk about is instilling confidence in your clients. Because once that seed of doubt has been planted, or they feel like they got to watch you, or they can't trust you, it is really hard to steer the ship away from that. And I'm not talking about a typo here or there, like I am the queen of typos, right? I should slow down for my client's business better than I slow down for mine, but that doesn't always happen. Grammarly helps, sometimes Grammarly is not working, sometimes I'm in a rush, but this is so much deeper than a typo. Your branding starts with how you behave in the inbox, in meetings, in the Slack channel, in the Voxer channel, This is your branding. It's not your logo. It's not getting stressed out about what the header of your invoice looks like or the top of your Facebook page or your pin post on Instagram. How you're behaving and talking to people and how you're showing up and posturing yourself is your brand. You've got to instill confidence. And it's little things that you're doing with the clients right now. I always say this on the show. If your clients aren't screaming your name from the rooftop, giving you shout-outs, giving you the referrals. If people are not talking about you and referring you when you're not paying attention, something is wrong. You might have a reputation problem. So we recently had this thing happen in the work group and somebody was talking about a red flag client. And I want to say there are plenty of red flag clients, which is why this experience is helpful because you see the patterns and you can talk to other people. In this case, a work group member totally has a red flag client who just doesn't trust her in general. Doesn't trust her, is questioning ours. She seems very anxious about the bills and just not trusting her, which is like the worst feeling in the world when you are internally a good person and you would never screw someone over. I mean, we all have integrity and I would never have someone in my work group who doesn't have it. It's like one of our core values, right? Being honest, having integrity, and doing our best. So this client is like questioning things. And I see this a lot when it comes to photos. Whenever you need to find a good stock photo for a website or a landing page or a blog, and it takes a while because you have a very particular client, and then they ask you, then they don't like it, then it takes another hour. And you, you're not just like scrolling on TikTok and getting lost. It's legit hard to find good photos when your client doesn't have their own. And so then they question the bill. Did that really take an hour? And so then you say, why don't you try next time and let me know how long it takes you? Sometimes things go faster, sometimes slower, but ultimately I would never let the clock go and snooze on the job. So this client was definitely a red flag in her trust issues, her tendency to micromanage She had some issues and we are gonna run across clients like that. I have another podcast about signs it's time to leave a client, okay? All of that's there. But this got me thinking, just, I can't help it. It's the journalist in me, it's the fairness in me. There's always another side to the story. What could anyone have done in this situation that planted the seed of doubt? Because I've seen it, and I've done it, and I've made these mistakes, and I actually hear about it. I talk to business owners, and I hear about it. So I wanted to come up with ways that you could instill confidence when it comes to the littlest, tiniest things. And it really, it starts off with your discovery call. I mean, that confidence factor can make or break you. It can book you the client, get you a signed contract, and get you a paycheck. How you act on a discovery call, how confident you are is key. And that's why we have that discovery call training with Tracy Patterson over in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. We also have a confidence on camera talk with speaker coach Heather Sager to set you up for that. But those moments after the call, when you're showing up to your kickoff call, how you lead meetings Is crucial. You've got to show up prepared. And that does not mean stacking your meetings back to back. Your client is allowed to do that. You are not allowed to do that. If you're in charge of a certain area of someone's business, you show up to that team meeting knowing your stuff, seeing the upcoming deadlines, seeing the upcoming dates, fleshing out problems that might arise from conflicting times or Conflicting schedules, requirements, messaging, anything that can be off. You've got to look over those notes before the meeting. Recall what we talked about last time. Those little micro moments when you can do like an inline mention. Oh, as we talked about last meeting, you said blah, blah, blah. That's going to instill confidence. Your client is going to see she remembers. She's taking notes. She's solid. She's following through. You don't show up at a meeting and start flipping through pages being lost. Get yourself organized. And this comes from taking notes in the meeting, having an auto transcription. Another good tool that we've talked about before is Fathom. The cool thing about Fathom is you can mark areas that are of importance. You can flag them. You can create action items. Carve out time after that meeting to go through it. Send your client a follow-up afterwards, send meeting minutes and recap it. I was working with a high-level coach and every time we had a Zoom meeting, I could tell she showed up right then, right before. It took her a long time to turn her brain on and context switch. She did it on my dime. Let's just say that her business imploded and it was the worst coaching I've ever done, the last coaching I've ever done. And I was just appalled. I spent so much time trying to jog her memory because she was so ill-prepared. And of course, that did blow up on her. That's a story for another time. Take these action items, put them in a Google Doc, put them in a Google Sheet, put a status by them, put them in your project management tool like Trello, ClickUp, Asana, document them. Otherwise you're just having Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting with no action, no implementation. I don't want another Zoom meeting on my schedule and I know your clients don't either. How you show up in meetings and interact, you looking at the camera, your kid not interrupting, you being on time, not being in the car, chewing your lunch. (laughs) Just kidding. Sometimes we have to take meetings when we can, right? I get it. But showing that it's a priority, all of that matters. Now, here's the like flip side. If you're an independent contractor, you cannot be required to show up at meetings. But so schedule them when you can. Be present. Be present. Or work it out with the team when it would be a better time. I'm kind of laughing about the chewing thing. We had a teammate who did that, and I'm I really wasn't upset by it, but maybe someone else would be. But I I do get upset when people get interrupted a lot. I don't know. Your appearance does matter. Like, you're not going to take your Zoom meeting with your team in your bed, right? Hey, I'm interrupting my own show to ask, have you taken my quiz? If you're wondering how to combine your services and skills in a unique unicorn-esque way, then take my quiz to open your eyes to the possibilities. You can see where you fit in to this whole online business world this quiz is based on the DISC personality. It will be unique to you. I'll take what you're good at, what you already know, plus your personality traits and give you suggestions on how to adapt to the online space and combine your uniqueness in a way that makes you totally hireable and an in-demand unicorn. Go to emilyreaganpr.com quiz or check it out in the show notes. Back to the show. I think that attentiveness, the being present is really important. You know, we talked about discovery calls, but doing your research for those is just as important. If you can see that you were paying attention, if you can see that you were looking at their offers. If you can pronounce their offers right, their name right, my name is not Raygon, it's not Regan. Know my name before a discovery call. Like, come on now. The discovery call, you have to be familiar with the business. For your team meeting, you need to be familiar with the project, You need to give updates. Be prepared to give updates on what you're working on. Are you on track? Are you off track? Do you need more work? Do you need more time? Do you have a delay that's beyond your control? Do you need deliverables from your client? Take ownership and leadership. You might might not be the one running the meeting. And then always report your stats. Whatever you're working on, this is how you start to seize credit for the results. Build that reputation and move on to higher premium rates, packages, and clients. So you just got involved with the launch. Maybe your job was just to manage the inbox and you responded to five people and four people ended up buying through your messages. Freaking own it, that's for sales. That's your path to cash. My guest next week is gonna talk about that. Anytime you can take credit for making money, like you look good and you become indispensable. Celebrate it, you do have to toot your own horn. And at the end of the month, your invoice better have some kind of numbers on it. If it's not directly tied to hours, it's production, number of social media posts. What was the top performing post? Some kind of insight going to the next level of strategy. You've got to track your KPIs, show the growth. So if you're in charge of the podcast, show the downloads per month, show the top episode for every month. Now, really beyond the better thing to instill confidence is to be able to know what you spent your time on. So if your client has you working on multiple projects, you know what you should go ahead and do even though you don't have to as a contractor, you don't have to prove your time and clock in and clock out on the company, track your hours so your client can allocate for their budget next year. If you're working on a launch and you did a 10 additional launch related hours and extra tasks, make sure that is marked on the invoice so they can see it, so they know, so they know next time. It just shows you're paying attention and that attention to detail in business, my God, it's gold and it instills so much confidence. On the flip side, if you know a launch is coming up, you've helped schedule some visibility podcast, you just bringing that up, being ahead of it before your client has to ask, That's where the gold is. Not shuffling through some papers and boards and being like, uh, I thought we had something. Instill confidence. When that little seed of doubt gets planted and the client starts to question if your brain's all there all the time, they start to think you're giving sloppy work. They start to wonder how many other clients are you juggling? None of that seeding doubt is good for you. Because then when you do make the typo, when you do make a legit mistake – you're screwed because you've already been kind of spiraling within the client's mind and you don't even know that you were doing that. Another thing you can do is show when things take longer or when things are out of scope, even if you didn't charge for it, commanding and standing in that power, putting that as a line item, even if you're charging zero for it. So the client sees that and knows. Do not send an invoice with just a blank bill of hours. What the hell were you doing? Tell them, show them the results. Don't make them check in with you. You bring it to them. Take the leadership there. Yeah, there are a lot of clients out there who have a hard time delegating, have a hard time trusting. They come to us burned. They come to us with other stories and workplace traumas. Their business is their baby. They're afraid to let go. And some of those clients are worth moving on from. 100% trust and control issues are a deal breaker for me. I want to work with clients who... Trust me and will give me autonomy to do my job well. It's not usually going to get any better. Once you've broken that trust with a client, maybe you didn't even realize you did it. Maybe it was your look of sheer panic when they called on you in the Zoom meeting and you weren't prepared. It'll do it. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to get you to be proactive. Do your best and take this serious. I don't have those type of freelancers in my group. There are some people out there who think this VA thing is very easy and passive and they can just do it from their couch. No, no, no. People like that aren't in my group anyway. One of the things that can drive me bananas and some of clients and business friends when I talk to them is somebody who asks too many questions. And this is a tricky one. If your client's not organized, if they haven't had it perfectly set up, there's always going to be room for questions and that might be the fastest track. But There is a case in point when you're asking too many there are stupid questions. I'm sorry. I know people say there aren't any stupid questions. There are. There are. If you try to be resourceful and look for things, if you ask too many stupid questions, like when is our weekly meeting and it's every week at the same time, if you missed the memo on something, everyone else saw it, Like you might not need to ask the client that. Maybe you need to ask your coworker that. I was onboarded with a, a very big team and it was very confusing. It took a lot of time to learn their methodology with meetings. They were going by the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system. And it was freaking confusing. It's like, when is it a marketing meeting? When is it a level 10 meeting? When is it like a staff meeting? And it was insane. And I was so glad there was someone on my team. I could just shoot a Slack message and be like, "Um, help me get this down because I didn't have it down. I was new and they had a great onboarding process. It was just, it took time. It took time, but I was sure as hell not going to shoot the head client these dumb questions. <laughs> I was going to go to somebody I trusted and ask them first. If you do have questions, package them together. Get on your client's meeting. I hired a new digital marketing assistant recently. She's really good about this. We'll just get on a meeting. We can flush it out all together all at once. I don't mind some boxers here or there, but it just looks professional. It's kind of setting boundaries for each other and I respect that. Can I just say one other thing? I got on a call with somebody and they were doing a freelancer call with me and they were wearing the weirdest outfit. <laughs> it was very SM. It was very strappy. There was a lot of Cleveland going on and that just... That did not instill confidence in me giving her work. Your posturing and how you represent yourself, it still matters. You know, we talked about earlier on an episode, what's on your social media? Corporations are going to look at it. Clients are going to look at it. So be thoughtful, but also think about your resting bitch face, your RBF. Think about, are you paying attention during a Zoom? I've been on those Zoom calls where I can tell other people are working. I've freaking done it too. But what does that instill? That confidence and definitely not connection. Okay, this was a little bit of a lecture, but we're leading into the next episode where we're gonna talk about profitability and self-worth. And when you have confidence in yourself, when you're showing up at your best, that's when you have total confidence to to charge more. So next week, we're gonna be talking about how to calculate profitability, insight into pricing strategies. And it's gonna be a really good episode. If you love this one, shoot me a DM. Let me know if it was helpful. Let me know if you have other ideas because I know there's more. I know I could keep going and keep lecturing. But sometimes we just need a little freaking common sense. We need to look out for each other. And I definitely don't want to get an email that somebody's curt email upset someone. Okay, before we leave, I've got a story. I made the mistake very early on in my 20s of Coming in Monday morning, after having been gone, I had talked to someone on my team about getting me a story. They said they were going to write this feature story. So I'm all excited. I've been out of the office for a week. I come in Monday. I don't see it. I shoot her a quick email. Hey, where's that story? Next thing I know, I've been brought in to talk to the boss because it was all tone. It looked like I was being, I guess, a bee. I really didn't mean to. If you knew me, I was just shooting it out. But people will add to it what they want, and they will make it their perspective. And their perspective is what matters. It's not your intention. It's how people perceive it. So that email, I should have said, Dear Bertha, Sincerely, Emily, I did not take the time to write a greeting. I did not take the time to sign off. Stupid mistake. I didn't know that in my 20s. It was totally innocent. This lady already had it in for me. (laughs) Apparently, I found that out. And I was actually working in the government for the public affairs office. And I found out that it is common practice in the military that you sign all of your emails VR, very respectfully. And if you don't, it's like a huge faux pas. And so they lectured me like, you should have had this at your emails. Like, Why did no one tell me this when I first joined the office like nine months ago? Why am I just hearing about this VR thing now? Oh, because it was the wrong person who noticed. And I appreciate that. I needed that lesson, but I'm passing it on to you. How you interact in your inbox, how you shoot your client a message, if you go on too far in Voxer about your personal drama, when you should be talking business, it all adds up. So, you know what I did passive aggressive? I started spelling it out. I refused to put VR on my emails, I spelled it out. God, I'm such a rebel. Okay, I will see you next week on the show and think about ways that you can be professional and instill confidence. All right, bye. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, You only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you wanna niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com services. I don't even know if that made sense. Oh God, let me take a sip of coffee. Your business client owner, <laughs> your client. My next home office is going to be up in the attic. No one's going to be above me stomping. I'm not going to be near a bathroom or a squeaky garage or a barking dog.